Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. You know, we're going to set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, as uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Um, there's... There are resources there, there's technical assistance there, and there's a playbook that could support the work you're doing. Count on us as a partner in this. Our students are waiting. Thank you. You know. Oopsie. Didn't quite get that right. That was Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona yesterday quoting President Reagan. And uh, you got to love Twitter. <laughs> Good grief. Thank goodness for Elon Musk, because he said um, he's added this context thing on Twitter. And now it's got the official flag on the video. And it says additional context. The full quote <laughs> is from an August 1986 press conference. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are... Uh, I'm from the government, government, and I'm here to help. So, I mean, did he? He technically did say those words. Yeah. But as Brian Houseworth would say, (laughs) it needs the big C word. Well, it's one of his most famous quotes ever. (laughs) You know, it's it's a a quote that lives on forever. It's kind of. And of all the people to say it. Yeah. It just had to wow. be and then the, the con- education secretary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah. I, when I first saw this, I thought it was fake. I'm not going to lie. I thought the Babylon Bee might have posted it. Maybe it was satire. And I was dismayed to find out that it was, in fact, legit. And I may or may not have shed a tear or two. In, in, there's there's one other thing we should point out about that, and and notwithstanding this issue about Musk, um, you know, in the, in the context of everything... When President Reagan said that in 1986, you think about it, it wasn't all that long ago. He had just won 49 states. Walter Mondale, by the way, very popular vice president. He beat him in 49 states. And the majority of Americans uh, agreed with him. But if, if somebody were to say that today, it'd probably be 50-50-50. The, 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 just the electorate has changed so much, or the mood has changed so much. Um, uh, there, are, there's a sizable number of people in the country that would not who would not agree with that statement. They, they, they believe that government, you know, healthcare, government, this, government, that, you know, that they, that's the way to go. Um, at that time, President Reagan, um, you know, was was pretty. Although he did have to deal with the Democratic House for for that that entire time. It's what made him a, such a great communicator, though. It's a line that's funny. It makes a very, very, very perfect point. I just love, though, that Elon is officially owning people on Twitter, just <laughs> adding this weird context flag. Did anyone see PETA get owned on Thanksgiving with I the did. turkey photo? Did you see this, Mike no. Murphy? No. So they posted yeah. this photo of turkeys sitting around a table eating turkeys, and they say, we're lucky turkeys would never do this to us, and you don't have to do it to them either. And then Elon, or the people at X, added, turkeys are actually not vegetarians. Turkeys eat mice, lizards, frogs. <laughs> And just about anything they can fit in their mouth. If turkeys were larger or had the technological means to farm and eat humans, their current diet reveals they likely would. Is that for real? I mean, that's a for real thing, right? People were retweeting that. That's hilarious. Does yeah. anyone know officially? Hannah, you're our FFA girl. Turkeys eat meat? No, I don't think so. They eat a lot of June bugs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> you depends. throw it out there with they peck at it, Hannah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Chickens eat each other. You know how that goes. <laughs> Birds really aren't very smart, so I would believe just about anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're getting a ton of texts, Mike, about the mayor's trip. 
to Dubai. Mm, I'm not surprised. I've I've been sensing a ton of well, social's already going crazy on it. So yeah, I, I'm not surprised. We should point out that the mayor and I, I I'll put it up on our our regular Facebook page as well because I know I'm sure it's going to get a lot of comments. Um, two two points that we absolutely have to make, and John's done a nice job breaking this down as well. Um, number one, she is because a lot of people are saying, well, they don't they don't want their tax money paying for this trip. I, I've you know seen that a few times. Nathan is concerned about how she is going to offer set her carbon footprint after no. the 17 hour flight yeah. to Dubai but the the, the, <laughs> quite comical. the the conference of mayors is is funding the 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 trip um and she is a key member in in you know what's this is the United Nations thing they've invited her to speak at just not one a number of events and she's going to be talking about heat she's going to be reiterating uh that uh she's going to talk about colombia's leadership in climate action um but we should also point out too that uh, this subject for debate i'll leave the policy issues up to you folks and the callers but the the fact is that the city manager in in the way this the city is set up the city manager runs the day-to-day operations of the city it is not the mayor and um I, I can just tell from some of the comments I'm seeing, I don't think people realize that. I mean, she is the, she does preside over the meetings and has a big role, but to Carlin Seawood essentially runs this city, just like Ray Beck did when Darwin Heinemann was mayor. Um, but um, it's so misunderstood. I just, uh, they see, don't, it. I just say, see it constantly. And you know what? It's nothing new. That's why I'm beginning to uh, be a proponent of uh, some type of discussion on charter change, even if we don't change it. Because people, it, it goes back to the 1920s. I've been researching this. We've right. always been a strong manager. And then in the 70s, we reaffirmed it. And, and our mayor is nothing more, really, than an, an, an elected, at-large elected member of the city council. Once, one vote, one seat. She has no more authority than any other um, city council member. But, but people are out there you know, complaining about potholes and saying, worst mayor ever. And I have been responding uh, over and over again. You may be right, but not for the reasons that you think. <laughs> well, that's it, it, and again, um, you know, wh- whether it's the right decision or not um, for her to go there, she she believes heat is killing. If, uh, I, I want to make sure I'm quoting this right. She says heat kills more people in a year than all other weather phenomena, um, and you know she's she's going to be talking about that. But the the point of the matter is what she just said is absolutely correct. The the mayor does not run the day to day operations of the city, and if you think Think about it. Back in the uh, the eighties and nineties, Ray Beck really ran the the, the city. Um, but the Carlin Seawood runs the day to day operations, so it's not like you know, the, it's not like City Hall is going to be unattended. But people are pretty fired up about well, this this trip. One of our local news outlets actually posted this story on Twitter yesterday, and I'm laughing at one of the replies. It says, "I'm not trying to be hateful here." She got rid of curbside recycling. Maybe we should focus our efforts locally to solve problems like that. And, well, that's what everybody. And that's saying, what yeah. right. put, your ener- put your energy into this the city you love, and I think you're blown off. So Steve says I attended the most recent sessions of the Civic Academy. It was obvious to me that the mayor's agenda relative to climate change and sustainability has permeated all of city government. Yeah. You know, I I've not heard, um, and, and Steve may be very well correct. I I don't know, but I I've not heard the city manager Mike. Um, and you're down there a lot with me. Um, I haven't heard DeCarlin Seawood talk much about 
climate change. I and maybe I'm I'm here's going back. What, to- uh, here's what I think Steve is referring to. So they, the sustainability office that Barbara led created the climate action and adapt- right. adaptation plan. Yes, and and that every single thing that goes on in in city hall is supposed to be viewed through the lens of that. CAAP document. And in fact, if you go to their 286-page document, every single department has to make a statement to how they are adhering to this CAAP. And I did a piece on it a while back, everything from, you know, the city managers using plastic silverware, or quit using plastic silverware because, mm-hmm. you know, and using to this uh, uh, no-mo uh, medians we have, they're called pollinators now. Uh, to switching to uh, electric carts at the golf course, there, there, it, it does permeate throughout city government. And I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. It's just that's what the Office of Sustainability, which began when she got hired 10 years ago, I guess it's 12 years ago now, right. was a grant for her salary. Mm-hmm. And it's now a half a million dollar a year department in City Hall that mm-hmm. uh, rides her over sustainability. Well, now, well think back, because Brian brought up Darwin Heinemann. Yes. And I remember back in the, what, Brian, early 2000s, that he had forums and climate challenge, Columbia response, and lowering the city's carbon footprint. And I mean, you know, it kind of it kind of tracks along with the current mayor. Oh yeah, yeah. It, 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 you're right. And Darwin did do that. The former mayor, um, the late mayor, did do that, but. He didn't go to Dubai. Um, he wasn't, you know, I don't remember him being, you know, speaking at the United Nations events like this. I mean, this is pretty, I'm going to say it's unprecedented. I've never seen a, a mayor of, of of a town in Columbia, you know, she, she's she's speaking at a number of events, going to be she's speaking. one of the, six mayors just in that delegation. Though. Yeah, and was one of the few mayors chosen to go along on this trip to China. So, you know, um, you know, she is a... She's a formidable figure and, and, you know, feels very strongly about this. But um, it is it, it, it will be something. But again, just so people know, she's saying the U.S. Conference of Mayors is paying for the trip. I have no idea, guys, how much a hotel room goes in Dubai. I can tell you to get a decent place to stay in Jefferson City is going to run you about 110. It's going to cost you more than that in Dubai. Well, Dubai. Yeah, in Dubai. <laughs> I yeah. mean, probably $500 a night, wouldn't you say? Oh, oh, certainly. I, um, I think, well, let me say that I like uh, Mayor Buffalo personally. Yeah. I don't. I, we disagree on the issues, but I will tell you, uh, Sam, Mike is taking uh, he, he's taking an issue with something you said earlier. You said she's being groomed by the CCP and he said grooming is a process to get someone to do something that they wouldn't otherwise do. She does not need to be groomed to be a communist. She can handle everything it takes to be a communist all on her own. So those are some pretty strong words, but I think I, I think even though we say Colombia is a really liberal city, I think that the mayor is far left of where even her liberal counterparts are on climate change and on priorities. And I she's think she's been on this for a long time. I mean, she I has been. Yeah. But Brian can remember Barbara Buffalo, you know, being what what, what was her title? Environmental well, was specialist with MU Extension. Climate czar. Climate czar. Yeah. But basically, the, <laughs> the you know, when she took that job that Mike referenced, people thought she was going to take everyone's cars away. And, and that didn't happen. But Stephanie, to your to your point, um, it is interesting. That's that's a pretty strong, strong email. Um, she, you know, you're saying that she's not, she's basically to the left of people in town, and I, and she very well may be. But if you drive on West Broadway 
in Columbia. Just drive down all the way down West Broadway. There are yard signs everywhere that say vote climate or climate change. I mean, they're they're on ash. So, I mean, it, there are people who who really, really now they're not in our listening audience, probably not most of them, but they do believe that. And if you guys remember, Mike, you you hit it on the head. It was the fourth ward that provided the, yeah. the margin of victory. If it weren't for the fourth ward, Randy Minshew probably wins that race. I think that Columbia and I think the, there's a preponderance of, ever, of evidence that Columbia is the most conservative, progressive town you will ever run into. There's a lot of people that identify as progressives that really aren't that progressive at all. And yeah. uh, I don't have any doubt, or there's no doubt in my mind, that uh, Barbara Buffalo and her politics are way to the left of most people in Columbia. And I think, so we're also getting, Tanya is saying, and who is the U.S. Conference of Mayors funded by? Because that's a really good question, Tanya, that, hey, she's getting paid by this organization. Yeah, who's the contributor to this organization? I will push back a little bit in her, in Barbara Buffalo's defense, and I think we could do a better job of covering this. She is not the only one who goes on international junkets paid by third parties on the local level. Uh, There are a lot of folks, I would say, in the election space, um, in other county county and city spaces that go on these international trips paid by third parties and and i think as local media we could probably do a better job of covering all those trips so she's taking the heat now because i think her trips are pretty been more maybe more extravagant Mm -hmm. but there are other folks taking some pretty nice trips on someone else's dime and at the end of the day this is way more symbolic probably than it is important you know what i mean yeah i can i i get that All right, so next we have the Morning Bell Business News with a twist from Stephanie. We will have the latest on your stock futures. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's official talk show, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Official talk show? What does that even mean? Official? It is time for the morning bell. It is 8.26. We are looking at the futures just a few minutes before the market opens. All in the red. Not feeling, very, but not, not by much, but still not great as the market opens this morning. Uh, somebody who is doing great, and we kind of knew this, uh, but I was shocked by the numbers I saw in the journal reported yesterday. Amazon has now eclipsed uh, UPS. Uh, they eclipsed, I believe, FedEx a few years ago, but now in 2020, um, but now they have delivered more packages in 2022 uh, than UPS, and they're expected to deliver even more this year. Uh, so far, before Thanksgiving, they had delivered 4.8 billion, with a B, billion packages in the U.S. Um, they're thinking they will deliver about 5.9 billion, with a B, by the end of the year. Um, last year, they only did 5.2 billion. And that's important here in mid-Missouri. We've got an Amazon distribution center right down there by the airport. Um, and when they announced the numbers, like the year that it opened, how many packages they expected to expected to deliver it was insane and i know um i had visited there recently and they had some uh limitations and they were changing some things about how large of packages they would be able to go through the distribution center and they were already preparing to do more than they had done last year so it's remarkable how huge that is and um the impact that it has just on uh traffic you see them all over the place and it's also curious that both fedex and ups had a chance to partner with amazon and uh, it, it never happened. Amazon decided to go out and do its own delivery. 
and now they're the uh, the biggest private. Only the U.S. Post Office delivers more packages per year than Amazon. It's really interesting, and a lot of I believe a lot of their delivery drivers are essentially independent contractors. Mm-hmm. And um, I know, like in here, I think a lot of them are students and other people. Part timers, yeah. yeah, do it in the morning or do it as Weekends, a second job. Yeah, they're out doing it on Sundays. It's really great. I yeah, I I know I get packages delivered. Mm-hmm. So did anyone do Hannah? Did you do some Black Friday shopping? I did a Uh-oh. little bit. Yeah, yeah. What about Small Business Saturday shopping? I didn't go on Saturday, but I shopped a lot of small businesses. On Friday, a lot of small businesses had really great Black Friday deals going on in Centralia and Columbia and Jefferson City. So I definitely hit some spots in all three of those. What about Cyber Monday? And, you know, today's Travel Tuesday, if you haven't heard. I'm, I'm getting tired. And actually, it's also Giving Tuesday, which is a good reminder for folks. A lot of our uh, charitable organizations will be doing pushes today for folks to give. And if, speaking of giving, our one-for-one holiday food drive with Commerce Bank is coming up in just a couple weeks on Wednesday, December 13th. Uh, So be looking for more information on that in the coming weeks. And it's already up on both radio stations' websites, so go check it out. Well, apparently shoppers spent nearly $10 billion on Black Friday. And yesterday, I don't think we have the final numbers out for Cyber Monday, but it was expected to be a record as well. People are moving online. It's just too darn easy. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we're coming up on another break. So, in the next segment, Lincoln University, a $10 million grant. I, I was stunned when I checked to see what $10 million would mean to Lincoln University. And what it was for. That's coming up next. Thanks for making Wake Up Mid-Missouri your number one choice in the morning. Welcome back to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Mike Murphy is here with John Marsh. Good morning. Hannah, the producer. Hola. Brian Hausworth's around here somewhere. Oh, he's heading in. And Stephanie Bell is here with a quick traffic update. We are getting some texts about the intersection in Columbia, Providence, and Vandiver. They're saying the intersection's closed in all directions and traffic is being diverted. People are saying use Blue Ridge instead of Vandiver between Garth and Range Line. If we get an update, we'll try... um, try to let you know here's a new update too traffic is being detoured on providence at gas station by i-70 in providence so if you can avoid that area strange spot i wonder what's going on i wonder if it's traffic or what i've not i've not heard of anything on the scanner Uh, that's a weird spot for that kind of a yeah it really is and it could be anything i would assume it's probably some sort of a if there's callers that can tell us i'm assuming there's been a wreck of some kind i don't know if they're saying yeah, let us know if you're if you're in that area and you know what's going on. We're getting um, fast and furious texts about just the backups. All right, that's a, a, again a very unusual spot. Um, it's not a place where traffic would, unless it's right in the intersection, I suppose. Yeah, and and hopefully they'll call in. I yeah, I've n- I've not heard a word on the scanner. Okay, so a news item here. Uh, I was quite uh, Lincoln University in Jeff City. Mm. Just received a $10 million grant, I believe this was announced yesterday, from the Department of Agriculture to recruit uh, black students uh, to involve them, get them involved in uh, agriculture, uh, projecting a shortage of ag, high-tech ag workers in the future and uh, uh, using uh, Lincoln and uh, 
the University of Missouri Science and Technology at Rolla also got a grant to try to develop these uh, the, these students, these black students, into uh, uh, workers in the ag industry. And for perspective, I, I wondered, $10 million, it sounded like, you know, a pretty huge amount to me. So I, I, I did a little checking around. And the entire uh, budget, uh, Lincoln University's entire budget is only $40 million, And $10 million equals almost a year of uh, tuition. So a $10 million shot. Now, that is over five years, but still a $10 million shot in the arm. That's quite a thing for Lincoln University. That's a lot of money. And I know I've seen some criticism online because they're like, oh, is this money for DEI or like diversity initiatives? But at the same time, I mean, what we know about farming is the number of farmers and the number of farms have been dwindling. So Mm -hmm. and Lincoln has a really good ag program, um, really great farmers market, really good extension programs. So look at the history of the HBCUs. Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost ironic. I mean, the HBCUs were so ag based by by design and by statute when they first opened up is to provide those kind of jobs for minority people primarily black folks well and as someone with an agriculture degree from mizzou (laughs) i am excited about this because like stephanie was saying the number of farmers are dwindling but also the average age of a farmer is growing pretty quickly yeah, no um, young people. Yeah, was, right. We're looking at the average age of a farmer in the United States is fifty-seven years old, hmm. and only eight percent of farmers in the industry are under the age of thirty-five. And I think that those numbers should probably scare us a little bit. Yeah, that's a great point, uh, Hannah, about about the average age, and that, of course, is nationwide. The Missouri number, and Christians probably listening to us, uh, and I, they update that every few years. At the last time I I checked, the Department of Agriculture in Missouri, the average age was fifty eight. So it's very close to what Hannah just said. Um, average age that's that is a that is a big deal. Tom Vilsack, the Secretary of Agriculture, has spoken at the uh, at Lincoln University several times. Um, but to your point um, about trying to get more African Americans in agriculture there you know I know that previous administrations presidents of both parties have have done done some similar things um I know when I worked in Northwest Missouri many years ago this is 30 years ago um I remember talking to several black farmers that uh, that farmed in that part of the state. I believe it was they were from Slater uh, in Marshall and a couple over in, in Malta Bend. But it is uh, it is you know the farming is not an easy task. I wish them all the, all the best. And that's it sounds like a, a noble plan indeed. A uh, a Lincoln uh, professor says this quote: "We will still recruit students from farm backgrounds and rural areas." But we will also go to suburban and urban schools and show students there are opportunities for a career in agriculture. I love this because not only do we need farmers, there are so many careers within the agriculture sector and the ag industry that involve technology, Mm -hmm. science, and we need all of those people, too. It's not just, you know, the old stereotype of, you know, farming only means planting corn or beans yeah it's so high tech and so scientific nowadays that there are a gazillion different opportunities within the ag industry and i think that pushing for young people regardless of what background they come from is super important yeah agribusiness you're right uh and we've got the animal science corridor which is in the kansas city st joseph area we've got the usda that uh that that uh you know 
that basically moved most of their job, a lot of jobs. They moved to uh, to Kansas City. That's a, that's a big deal. They're in Kansas City, Missouri. So oh, a lot of board opportunities. Of, board of trade in Kansas City with all the work that they do with the futures yeah. market worldwide. Huge. Well, and there's almost there's almost a um, hundred million FFA students over the course of the nation. And we have a national FFA officer from right here in mid-Missouri serving right now. His name is Grant Norfleet from Mexico. Uh, he was just chosen as one of those FFA officers. And I, it's really exciting to see what's happening here in Midmo. Well, good for Lincoln. Ten million bucks. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, the work they're doing. All right. So what else do you want to do this hour? <laughs> What else do I want to do? Well, we got a call here. We're waiting to see if it comes through. I was going to, before we transition, I think this guy probably wants to talk about the uh, Well, and I think, Lincoln. John, did you have an update on homelessness in Jeff City? Well, you know, the this is an ongoing thing, as you can relate to. What is it, two or three blocks up the street from your law office in Jefferson City? Well, it's closer than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Busher Memorial Home on East Capitol Avenue, and I think the people who followed that story was one of the properties that was so run down the city had to... Uh, go to court and battle the owner to take it over. Now they're getting into or having continuing issues with homelessness and some of those uh, falling down properties on Capitol Avenue and even the old Truman Hotel out on uh, Highway 54 has had some issues out there too. And it's it's become an ongoing challenge for law enforcement and emergency responders and all they mean they've had fires and some of these abandoned buildings people trying to keep warm so nothing new under the sun unfortunately i know the churches are doing you know are trying to do their part and then we've got other organizations private organizations that are trying to work together to solve some of this and i know we've heard from our own law enforcement officers look we aren't always fully equipped to handle the the mental challenges that come with you know all of the all of the needs when we encounter these situations and i mean typically they hang out right there in front of the library um but john i mean they're they're throughout downtown now and i think you know if you run a business or you've got people members of the public coming in and out you know i think there there are some safety concerns they got to get well, on we top had that of issue with the, the guy what was it a uh, a few weeks ago we did the story on someone had been uh, fatally beaten outside that stretch of uh, downtown mm-hmm. jefferson city yeah they really need to get on top of it fast because as you can see columbia it can get out of control in a hurry or it can expand in a hurry and it very much requires a response other than police uh, that's what you're going to see coming up here uh, soon with uh, Columbia. Is this isn't this is a police business? This is a business of somebody else. Brian Howsworth, yes, sir. Uh, just got off the phone with Joint Communications, and just moments ago, and I appreciate uh, the Stephanie pointing this out because again, I've not heard anything on the scanner. And which, I will defer uh, that thanks to our our texters. Well, We've had several people keeping us updated. Yeah, in the inform- their information's close, but it's not totally accurate. I just got off the phone with uh, with Joint Communications, so right now we do have a wreck near Providence and Vandiver. Southbound Providence is closed at Vandiver, but the northbound lane is open. So I'm going to repeat that again. Southbound Providence is closed at Vandiver. Northbound lane is open, but it is tying up traffic right now, and I don't have any idea how many cars are involved. At least two, sounds like, uh, but it is closed until further notice. But uh, try to avoid that area if at all possible. But thanks to uh, Joint Communications and the dispatchers for getting us the update information, and thanks to the callers as well. Uh, unusual place for a wreck, but it is. Um, That's McKnight see- Tire. That would be McKnight Tire on the on the. Uh- Somebody said they're at Enterprise. 
the enterprise oh, back that would, way. Okay. So it'd be yeah, and again, yes, that yes. that would be inter- enterprise would be. Um, they said the car went off the road by JJ Cafe. Yep, JJ Cafe. So you're talking Eagle about Stop right there. The Eagle Stop would yep. be there. The probation parole office. Um, there is a. I'm trying to think. There used to be a hotel that got torn down. That yep. would be that. Yep. That you know the area I'm talking about, I, I, and I, I believe Albert uh, I, Albert Honda. I'm trying to remember what it's now Malkins, but that basic area is where we're yeah, talking. Something about. probably happened in the intersection. It's a tough intersection. It's there's two left hand turns there coming on Vanderbilt. I, I drive it a lot, and uh, yeah, it's that's a good and it's a pretty high speed. So uh, that sounds like probably what happened. Listener yeah. Brandon appointed reporter from the yeah. from the field today thanks for keeping us updated absolutely that's that's we really appreciate that information because that affects a lot of people mike i've seen speeding in that area too over the i don't have any idea yeah. if this can has anything to do with today but definitely we've seen some speeding over there but yeah. it sounds like uh did you say the car went off the road? Is that that's what we're hearing? Okay, <clears throat> they, the dispatcher didn't didn't mention dispatchers didn't mention that, but definitely there's a there's a large police presence as they work that. I right, well, hope hopefully nobody is uh, hopefully nobody's not too hurt or banged sure. up. So, all right, we're about to head into our final segment of the day, so we'll be back with leftovers. Yep, right back. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Tell your friends, you listen to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Here's a big old serving of leftovers. Enjoy. We're back. Wake up mid-Missouri. I'm Mike Murphy here again with Stephanie Bell. Brian Hausworth's around here somewhere. John Marsh. Yes, sir. Hannah, the producer. Marsh, it's your show in the morning. Yeah, we've got uh, a cast of thousands, as they like to say. Our (laughs) buddy uh, Brad Jones from the Missouri chapter, National Federation of Independent Business, will be in the co-host with us tomorrow and fill us in on how the shopping scene is looking, especially just coming past Small Business Saturday and the, the local crowd. 7 o'clock, our Senator Mike Burnsketter from Mid-Missouri in to talk to us about some, uh, well, previewing the upcoming legislative session. We'll hit him up about any potential for uh, any more tax cuts. Susan Albert from the J.C. Chamber of Commerce will come in talk to us about the Jefferson City shopping scene. And then the liberal you love to hate, we like to bill him as from the Missouri Budget Project, former state of Missouri uh, chief economist Tom Kruckmeyer to tell you what's wrong with the budget over at the Capitol. And Rick Combs will be here, too. He's a former libertarian gubernatorial candidate. So we've got a, a building full of them. I guess uh, I'm bringing the donuts. Sounds great. <laughs> Are you going to deliver to the other studio, John? Certainly. Thank you. All right. What <laughs> right we got down for- the hall. I mean, you know. <laughs> what do we got for leftovers this morning? Well, I have something. Uh, We are going to hear more from the House Ethics Committee. They've been conducting an investigation into Missouri House Speaker Dean Plocker. They've met twice already, although it wasn't necessarily confirmed that the first two meetings were exactly, uh, whether it was about Dean Plocker or whether it was about some of the other personnel changes going on. I believe the rumor is that this meeting is about Dean Plocker. Mm. Um, Anyway, 
They're meeting next Wednesday, I believe, is December 6th uh, at 2 p.m. So we will have more on that coming up. Your gut hunch, uh, that, first of all, th- does he survive? He, he'll certainly survive in office. Might not hold his leadership position. And how bad does he get hurt from this? I think he survives just fine. Good. John, what do you think? I have mixed opinions from what I've been hearing from the State House. I'm looking for something uh, perhaps between now and Christmas to, to come out on this Ooh. and see where, where it all goes when the smoke clears. That'll be really soon then. I also saw this ultimate troll yesterday by Liquid Death that we actually, I think we mentioned Liquid Death. So it's canned water. You should get Um, a case of it. They're one of my (laughs) fave brands. I just, they have great stuff. And they did come out with, so they've got canned water, but they make this tea now too. And you can get canned tea. And apparently they had named um, their iced tea, half iced tea, half lemonade. They had named it Armless Palmer. (laughs) (laughs) And the folks got real mad and they got sued and liquid death just came out on their social media they said they wanted to sue us so we changed the name the new name dead billionaire (laughs) (laughs) and so uh that's they were like you know what rather than spending the money on litigation we'll just change the name and troll you and uh and yeah so you should check out their social media they um are a i would say a bold brand it's it's uh, uh, rather interesting to watch them and for anyone who's not familiar with liquid death it's like stephanie said canned water but it's designed to kind of look like a beer can it looks like a yeah. 40 and it's kind of got like um what's that it's got like a angry looking logo what beer kind of looks like that i forget um anyway if <laughs> if you were walking down the street holding it it you would open be, container laws you yeah. would think that it was a beer i hadn't heard of it before stephanie started drinking it and she brought it into the studio one morning it's like five thirty in the morning and she cracks one open and i was sitting over here going wow stuff like rough night <laughs> and you would think i mean but you know we it's a radio station so there's like you know beer in the fridge and stuff it's not like a the radio station's not like a typical workplace but um we do not crack a cold one before the show starts um <laughs> yeah, we've got look like an old english or a cold yes old english yes john that's what i was thinking of yes. <laughs> we save the cracking open for after the show after the show wake up after dark and we're getting darn close <laughs> So the Missouri minimum wage oh, goes yeah. up to twelve dollars and thirty cents per hour on January one. That's up from twelve bucks, a thirty cents increase. And they are circulating an initiative to raise it even higher. You I know, I hate to be the back in my day person at the ripe old age of twenty three, <laughs> uh, but when I started a minimum wage job back in two thousand nineteen, was this at the bank? No, it was not at the bank. Okay. Uh, minimum wage in 2019 when I started this job that I was working at the time was like $8.60 and that was only four years ago. It's incredible. I In college I had a job and I was making I think $12 an hour and I thought I was in hog heaven. <laughs> yeah, I think in the last year uh, rate, rate, uh, at the low end of the wage scale it, it's increasing pretty fast because people can't find people so I'm sure there's people still out there working for twelve thirty an hour and in that minimum rage uh, uh, area, but uh, a lot of people are making more than that now who used to be stuck at minimum wage, I think, just because we of $25 an hour out in California for Ugh. a month. You know, it's interesting. The federal minimum is still seven twenty five an hour. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that until I was looking at this story. Missouri, the next California. Yeah. Or they want California, to California, Missouri? California. No. Hope you like kiosks. <laughs> <laughs> right. No self-checkout.
All right, we're coming to the end of our time. <laughs> it, it, it's been wonderful. Marshall have the controls in the morning. Uh, so for uh, all of us here at uh, the Eagle and good morning, uh, wake up, Bid Missouri. Uh, have a good day. Happy Tuesday.